Greetings and welcome to the podcast show, Touching People for Heaven, with your host, Preacher John. God bless you, my good friend. I pray in the name of Jesus that there will be something here in this show, in this episode, that you can use in your life, in the life of your family, and in the life of your friends. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Okay. Are you ready, my friend? Let's get started. This is episode number 23, 23, number 23, and is titled, Despiseth Him That Sent Me. Kind of a weird title, huh? <laughs> it's found in Luke 10, verse 16, and I'll repeat the title again. It's Despiseth Him That Despiseth Me. Wow. It's, today is Wednesday, April 3rd, 2019. And I'm doing this podcast show from the city of Boulder, Colorado, in the historic district, not too far from the center of town, probably only, uh, I don't know, 10 blocks from uh, the foothills. And uh, it's a great evening. It's about, let's see, what time is it? It's uh, 7.30, 7.30 p.m. It's only about 40 degrees outside, but it's getting warmer, praise God. And after the show, I'm going to go for a walk. (laughs) How about that? So, today's verse is Luke 10.16, and I'll read it from the King James Version. He that heareth you, heareth me. He that despiseth you, despiseth me. He that despiseth me, despiseth him that sent me. I wrote this verse in my little notebook and began to cry. You see, to me, The Word of God is alive and gives life to anyone who wants life. This comes from the Holy Ghost that fills every believer that repents and is baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins and then is able to receive the gift of God, which is the Holy Ghost. I think it would be a good thing to read and meditate on Acts 2.38. That's chapter 8. 2 verse 38 in the book of Acts. Just that one verse, just go over and over and over that one verse and just keep it before you day in, day out for the next, I don't know, several days, maybe a week or two, whatever it takes until that verse literally takes on a life of its own and allow the Holy Spirit to really, really drill Acts 2.38, down deep into your spirit, and you're going to be amazed at what the Holy Spirit shows you in Acts 2.38. So, this simple act of receiving the Holy Ghost can change your entire power structure that is within you. Prior to having power, we are tossed about by our enemy. And I'm going to take a quick break because my throat is all of a sudden wants some Trader Joe's green tea. <laughs> I've got my hot tea right here with me. forgot to say that. Usually I do when I start the show. So I already interrupt my message, but uh, the message is kind of heavy tonight, and I want to make it a little light because I'm a guy who can, get, uh, can make things seem real heavy <laughs> and uh, seem serious. Of course, things are serious, but I want to keep as light as possible. So 
I, I took this break, and I'll just have a cup of, a sip of tea here. Mm. Man, that Trader Joe's green tea just really hits the spot. And I hope you're in a good spot to hear what I'm trying to say tonight, or attempting to say in, in this uh, little show tonight. So this simple act of receiving the Holy Ghost can change your entire power structure that is within you. Prior to having power, we are tossed about by our enemy, where we appear to have no power over him, that is Satan. However, by being baptized in the Holy Ghost, we can all receive this power from God. Wow, I feel like I've really come out of the gates running this race to win today. Isn't it wonderful to know that Jesus Christ is Lord? and that he came to set us free from our sins and to heal us of all our sicknesses and diseases. Jesus came to give us life, eternal life, and to have the chance to have our very names written in heaven for all eternity. Wow. The big deal is, I think, though I'm still praying about it, is if we as Christians, now hear me, who believe in Jesus as our Savior, now I hope you're listening, and then later turn our backs and turn our life away from Jesus and to live fully for the world and all its lusts and riches and glory, do we not receive or are we cut off from our inheritance if we never repent? from that, that's a mouthful and a brainful of deep consideration. There are lots of verses that talk about going back into our sins. For me, I've always thought and believed that there was no way that I could lose my place in heaven, you know, lose my salvation. But the more that I've been listening to Holy Ghost preachers preaching the full counsel of the Word of God and not trying to shove their agenda down our throats, so to speak, from all these guys and gals that I've heard in the last oh, five months or so, I can see clearly what they're preaching. But I'm still praying on it, though, because it's a tough message to, to, um, to digest, especially after decades of believing that I'm always saying, you know, once saved, always saved. I've just always believed it. And it still may be true. I, you know, I'm still praying on it, okay? So... That's why this message today, this show, this episode is kind of different than normal. And uh, it's going to take maybe even listening to it a couple times. I don't know. Or maybe going to the verses that I'm going to mention in the verse and in the show and spending your own time talking to God about what what is this thing about turning our backs on God and going back into sin and going back into the old, our old life. I mean, what's the deal there? I mean, I think that that's a big topic. And you're not going to hear from most preachers and most pastors and most churches. You just, you're just not going to hear that. What you're going to hear there is, oh, you're okay, you're okay, God loves you, and he does, God doesn't care if you sin, it's all okay. You know, try to do good if you can. If you can't, well, he's going to be okay, and, you know, all the, it's all going to work out, and, you know, everybody loves, God loves everybody anyways, and everybody's going to heaven anyways, so what's the big deal? I mean, that's kind of what you're hearing nowadays, it seems like, and what a lot of us are calling entertainment centers or entertainment churches. 
Don't know, though. I mean, just, I don't know. It's just, there's something going on that's hard to put our finger on. At least for me, it is. So why, why am I saying all this? And why am I saying it? Because I want to scare you and scare myself. Yes, absolutely. It's fear God. We can become so complacent and lazy in our salvation, thinking that we can just do whatever we want and, oh, God will forgive me. I hear this and see this and think, how childish, how foolish, how naive to even consider this kind of thinking. I mean, really, what was I thinking that I can just go out and start drinking and get drunk and sleep with women I can seduce and get into bed with? And I mean, writing this sounds ugly and horrible and nasty. That's why I said it really fast. <laughs> But think about all the confessing Christians that are drunk on alcohol and stoned on drugs and in whorehouses and stealing whatever they can get. And on top of all this, using cursive words and taking the name of Jesus Christ as swear words, telling nasty, dirty jokes and watching pornography and masturbating and doing whatever they, that comes to their mind. And they might be doing that ugly stuff right now as they say they're a Christian. I mean, think about that. Doesn't that just feel weird, feel uneasy inside your spirit? Yeah. So does all this talking repulse you? It sure does me. But I need to be honest here and take another sip of tea. Mm. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus for green tea. And I do need to be honest. I got saved and delivered from drug addiction, cocaine. And a few months or maybe a little longer, not sure exactly, I went back into smoking pot and doing a little acid and some other stuff I'm not sure of. <laughs> I could have died because I'm an overdo-it, overdose type of guy. I just don't want a little high no, I want to be so high that I don't feel my body anymore. I'm flying without the body. I was a mess. I kept this lifestyle up for six years after my miraculous salvation and deliverance. Six years. Do you hear what I'm saying? Six years of more drugs and sinful living after becoming a Christian and telling people that I was saved and a Christian. And to further compound the mess, I was calling, called, I was called, just a few weeks, just, I was called by God into the ministry of Jesus Christ. Just, I don't know, about two weeks after I got saved. What a stupid idiot I was. But the problem I had, though, was I couldn't say no to Satan. I literally had no power to resist the devil and his temptations. Then I was led to a Bible study that had about, I don't know, 25 people or so. It was an answer to my ongoing prayer for these six years to God to help me overcome this hideous lifestyle and bigotry of so-called Christian living. God did answer and put me in this Bible study in a private home, sort of like a home cell group meeting. Before I go any further... 
you need to realize that I was a Roman Catholic. I was raised in the Catholic Church, along with going to catechism classes and even to the point of desiring and planning and envisioning myself to be a Catholic priest, a father. That was where I was headed. Okay, you got the picture? Well, on this night of the Bible study, before it started, most of the people were in the living room. They were all talking in a weird language, some with hands in the air, some laying on the floor, some kneeling on the floor, some singing in some weird language I didn't recognize. And the entire living room had this strange or unfamiliar atmosphere that felt like, felt like heaven, and it looked like heaven. It was like the air was filled with stuff. Not sure how to explain it. It didn't feel like what I was used to. Because for about a year, I attended a home Satanist church. And it, would, and it would, at times, get filled with coldness. Deep freeze cold. And with devils. And scare the living daylights out of all of us. About 30 or more people in this house. Satan the devil is real. And his devils are real, my friend. They're real. Well, tonight, at this Bible study, I quickly got out of that living room and went back into the kitchen where I was hanging out with a few other guys. And I told them what I just saw and heard in the living room. I told them that they were all speaking the words of devils and this is a satanic home. As I said this, they began to laugh and gently and caringly described the book of Acts from the Holy Bible to me, of which I knew nothing about. What I heard was by the Holy Spirit that people were praying and worshiping in tongues. Yes, tongues. Then the Bible study began, and everyone became normal again. <laughs> it was really strange. And I had a fun time studying the Word of God that night. But in the morning... I stayed there overnight. I was hitchhiking in Alaska, and I needed a place to stay for the night, and they offered. I said yes. Well, the next morning, as I was hitching just outside of the city limits of Anchorage, I heard God say, I want you to have lunch. My backpack had all my food stuff because I'd been living out of my backpack for a year at that point. I said, no, it's only 11 a.m. It's a beautiful day. Well, God said it a couple more times, and I finally agreed, stupid I am, or was. As I set my backpack down and dug out my food stuff, and I heard the Lord say, get your Bible out. He told me a verse to go to. I read it. Then he gave me another one. I read it. Then he gave me another one. I read it. Then he said, pray. And instantly and immediately, I was filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other, all kinds of diverse tongues, a full and diverse vocabulary of tongues. I was magnifying and exalting God. I never did that before because I was a lazy, mainline Catholic, wishy-washy Christian. But now I'm praising God with all my spirit, with all my being, with all my mind, with all my mind and spirit, everything that's within me. I'm praising and exalting God there in the, off the highway of Anchorage, Alaska, the highway that headed for Toke Junction and uh, Whitehorse, which is where I was headed. And here I am praising God with my big old full beard and long hair, praising God with my hands lifted up, praising God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 
But at that moment, I was just filled with awe of God and of heaven. And it was the most exhilarating and exciting event at that time in my life. From that very moment until this moment right now as I speak, I've had the power to say no to Satan and to resist his temptations, and my Christian life has grown every day since that time in October of 1978, Anchorage, Alaska. I've never been the same since, my friend. Never been the same since. Along with this new prayer language came the power to heal the sick and the power to cast out devils and the power to do the works of Jesus Christ. And in all these years, I've seen hundreds and hundreds set free from devils and numerous healings of all sorts and thousands have received Jesus Christ as Savior. The last 40 years have been filled with miracles, wonders, and signs that all point to Jesus Christ, the Son of God. No one can tell me that the Holy Ghost is not real and that the ministry of the Holy Ghost is not for today. The Spirit of God is more real today, April 3rd, 2019, than ever before. I just spent an hour in the Word of God with the Holy Spirit and was filled with joy, then began to write today's discourse for my podcast show and for my blog and for my book. God is so totally amazing. So amazing. Luke ten sixteen. He that heareth you, heareth me. He that despiseth you, despiseth me. And he that despiseth me, despiseth him that sent me. Now, after me telling you this abbreviated testimony of my baptism of the Holy Spirit, can you see more in today's verse? Luke ten sixteen. He that heareth you, heareth me. That's Jesus Christ speaking. Jesus is speaking to us right now in his word. As I was telling you one of my testimonies, I was speaking the words of Jesus. I was speaking for Jesus. I was speaking by the power of the Spirit of God. If you heard me then, you heard Jesus. If I was talking about something that is not in the Word of God, then that was not Jesus speaking. True ministers of Jesus Christ speak only what they hear the Spirit say and only do what the Spirit does. Whenever a minister does whatever they feel like doing and not obeying or following after the Spirit of God, then they are not speaking the words of God. It's up to us to know the Word of God. Are we studying the Word every day? The next part of this verse, He that despiseth you despiseth me. That's Jesus again. And if you hated my story, and did not believe a word what I said, and ridiculed it, or judged it, or criticized it, or put it down, oh boy, that was the wrong thing to do, buddy. Because those who despised my story also despised Jesus Christ. That's what the verse says, right? Why should we twist and manipulate the Scripture? Let's just take it for what? For what it is, or if no, for what? For how Jesus spoke it. Let's take it for how Jesus spoke it. I believe Jesus knew exactly what he wanted to say. And I also believe that the Spirit of God moved upon holy men of God and wrote the Scriptures correctly as they were filled with the Holy Spirit. 
I also believe that the Bible we are studying out of, namely the authorized King James Bible, is the correct version to be using until Jesus returns. The next part of our verse, He that despiseth me despiseth him that sent me. That's Jesus talking about the Father. About the Father. Well, that's a whole different level now. He's talking about the Father. The Father God. By criticizing Jesus and putting Jesus down and basically spitting on him, what just happened was putting the Father down and spitting on Almighty God. How do you think God is going to handle that type of person? It's something to think about. God will not be mocked. Galatians 6, 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. My dear friend, these are tough times that we are living in. Times that can steal your joy. A season that can have a very bad outcome. And a period in history that might just be the finality of all that God is doing on earth. Be not despisers of God's word. God knows what is in his word. He knows his word. And he's not fooling around with our future. God loves us. God loves you, my friend. That's why you're listening today. That's why you're listening tonight. That's why you're listening to these words that I'm speaking. Because God loves you. Know that. Know it. I mean, really, seriously, receive that love that God has for you. John 3.15 says that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. In verse 21, But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. I love you too, my friend. I truly do. May you too love the one who loves you more. God loves you more. God desires you. God is near you. Reach out and take hold. As it is written, Proverbs 4.13, Take fast hold of instruction. Let her not go. Keep her, for she is thy life. Well, there you go, my friend. God bless you, my dearly beloved, and have a great day.